0: Hello and welcome to the Your Personal Journey with Food podcast hosted by Tracy Cromwell, your Certified Integrative Nutrition Health Coach, Precision Nutrition Health Coach, Pro Coach, National Academy of Sports Medicine Personal Trainer, and Weight Loss Expert, and International Best Selling Author. I am a recovered pre-diabetic, recovered yo-yo dieter, and recovered body loather. On my podcast, I will be discussing all areas of life that impact your health. That's home environment, physical activity, health, joy, spirituality, relationships, finances, creativity social life, career, education, and yes, home cooking. I will also be bringing you experts from each of these areas of your life to help you create the ideal, healthy, and supportive relationship, not only with your food, but with yourself and therefore with your life. I appreciate you being here. Now let's get started. Good. Good evening, everybody. How are you tonight? It's Tough Love Tuesday uh, with your coach, Tracy Cromwell, your integrative nutrition coach and personal trainer. And tonight I um, I got thinking about it. We're going into the holidays. We've got Halloween coming up. We've got Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I thought it was important for us to go ahead and do a closer look at sugar. So um, also, um, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm recording this live. And so um, I don't do any edits. So if you are listening in the podcast, um, you are listening to a live recording. And uh, and then second, I wanted to just say, hey, it'll be a year tomorrow since the publication of my and Ingrid Lau's book, Your Personal Journey with Food. I cannot believe it's already been a year. So I'm um, very excited about that and um, excited for all that has happened with our book. But tonight we are going to talk about sugar, taking a closer look at sugar. I used to have a horrible, horrible sugar addiction. I couldn't get past uh, a right Aid for the life of me without driving in there and getting um, oh my goodness um, it was the rents, or the Skittles you know and it took me a while to get over that or just that whole I need some some sugar and then I wanted some salt sugar salt um, and just my disassociation as to how that sugar was affecting me and so tonight we're going to talk about all that you know how addictive it can be, how it affects our hormones, um, all of that. And <clears throat> trying also to give you some clarity, more clarity around sugar, uh, things like that. So sugar drama, we're going to talk about a little bit here. Um, it comes in many forms beyond just white sugar, like we would normally see. Um, and what's interesting too is, uh, is in the marketing, some some manufacturers of sugar are trying to make claims that one is better than the other. And some have names you wouldn't even recognize that they, um, you know, on a label that, the, that they're sugar. So um, basically the whole subject of sugar is gonna be really, really confusing. So here are just some things that I've heard in the health industry about sugar. It's okay in moderation. Your body isn't designed to digest sugars. Sugar-free products are always healthy. Um, artificial sweeteners are worse. Um, you need sugar for energy, and sugar is addictive. And so, you know, all of this is contradictory um, to each other. And so, and they oppose each other. So, um, one thing that we know for certain is that we, we um, as humans here in the United States and globally, we are consuming more sugar in our diets than we ever have before. That is one thing that we know for sure. Um, According to the US Department of Agriculture, the average American, and think about how you eat, what types of foods you're eating, but the average American consumes 150 to 170 pounds of refined sugar per year. So compare this to, you know, in the past, it was four to six pounds in the early 1800s, you know, and um, even the high yearly 90 pound consumption, and then, you know, which was 90 pounds in the 1900s, we're up to 150 to 170 pounds of sugar consumption in the United States. And that may seem not possible, but it is. Um. That figure is correct. So how does that translate? That translates to a quarter to a half a pound or 30 to 60 teaspoons of sugar per day on average for the US American diet. And it's hard to believe that we're capable of that. Um, But we have to keep in mind that you are not just consuming sugar Basically, in coffee or baked goods, it is actually hidden in almost every processed food that we eat. And you probably have no idea that you're eating it. And so um, I talk a lot about in the book, learning how um, to labels, uh, the controversies of food. And one of the biggest controversies I have found is added sugar in processed foods. So here's some good ideas where you can look at your food label. I never wanted to do it. I didn't want to have to take the time. And a lot of times, even though I saw what was in the food, I liked it so much, I was willing to go ahead and just eat it anyway. But here are some areas where I really recommend you go ahead and check out and look for sugar. Sugar hide and seek is what I like to call it being a super sleuth. So check out your ketchup, Your barbecue sauces, tomato sauces, marinades, um, your salad dressing, yogurt, bread. Why does sugar have to be in bread? Your protein bars, peanut butter, soup, canned fruits, cereals, crackers, oatmeal, frozen dinners. Uh, Just the other day, I was trying to shop for my mom, you know, so she can maybe just pop some something in the freezer which I ended up not buying anything. I made her all her food, but the frozen dinners loaded with sodium loaded with sugar and sodium is another night, but I flipped that label around and it was pretty incredible what I saw. So there's so many other areas where the sugar is hiding. And we as consumers, if we're consuming processed foods, we um, really have no say in what these manufacturers are putting in there, so it's really up to us to make sure we do that super sleuth work, hide and seek worth. So, um, you know, th- the list I just said too doesn't count. I didn't even mention the gosh, the soda, cookies, <laughs> ice cream. You know, but these are just some of the many areas where we'll find um, sugar sneaking into our diets. Therefore, into our bodies. And so think about those things. Well, did any of that surprise you that there was sugar in all of these added sugar? Um, And it's this kind of stuff that got me in trouble and turned me into a pre-diabetic years ago. So... Another thing that will help you is to know what some of these um, hidden names or these super sleuth names of sugar are, because a lot of times it's not going to be noted as sugar. Um, You'll see things such as dextrose, maltose, glucose, fructose, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, corn sweetener, sucrose, sorbitol. Um, sorghum syrup, agave nectar, carbitol, evaporated cane juice, galactose. That always makes me think of um, like a galaxy or something, (laughs) the galactose. Um, Inversal, rice malt, sorbitol, nectars. Um, So it makes it really challenging when you're looking at a food label trying to figure out where the sugar is coming from. So one of those things you can look for a few tips to identify sugar is look for the words that have an O S E at the end or I D E S at the end. So that can help you determine if that's an added sugar to whatever you're, you're consuming. So that's, that's going to help you out a lot. Um, Why I chose to do tonight's broadcast and why it's such a big deal is that, um, like I said, it's in all the food that we may be eating. And and then sometimes we're like, well, why should we care about that? Not everybody's sick because of it. Um, You know, um, however, the challenge with consuming sugar over a period of time is that health issues don't manifest right away it's usually a prolonged chronic inflammation chronic hormonal disruptor those types of things so um they have linked it's something really to think about there are links um for example uh, to how do i say this um when we end up with some chronic illnesses A lot of the times we immediately don't look at what's on our plate or what we're consuming, but there are areas where you can maybe look at some symptoms you may be having. It could be related to sugar, which is the topic tonight. Mental illness and behavioral problems are often attributed to other sources beyond our our diet, but also sugar can help create an anxiety. It can create different things like that. Um, allergies, arthritis and migraines, um, you know, those types of things, um, immune disorders, degenerative diseases, diabetes, um, cancer, you know, all those things, they take time to progress. So we don't often look at sugar or what we're eating as causes of them. So it's, um, you know, when I'm working with somebody a new client, we start to just, you know, look at the food that they might be consuming, not in a judgmental way, but as just an informative way to figure out maybe what are they consuming that could be exasperating the challenges that they're having. Um, There's still um, a great amount of more research, thankfully happening on how human bodies are affected by sugar. And it's not looking very good for sugar, (laughs) the sugar industry. And so um, why sugar is so dangerous, you have to know what it's made of. So before sugar leaves our digestive tract, it's, you know, it is composed of two simple sugars, glucose and fructose. Uh, Glucose is an important energy source and easy for us to obtain. Um, If we aren't consuming it actually in our diets, our bodies will make it they'll produce it themselves. It's simple as that. Um, However, fructose is different. Our bodies do not produce much of it. And really, there's no need for our bodies to do so. And there's no need for it in our bodies. So there's no proven physiological need for fructose at all, except to make food sweeter with the manufacturing process. So how uh, sugar will also impact us is in the aspect of our insulin production. So, um, there's a great connection, a, a specific connection between insulin resistance um, and sugar. And so, insulin is one of our most important hormones um, in our bodies. It's responsible for directing glucose into our cells, you know, so that we can use it for energy. And, um, however, when our cells no longer respond to insulin, our body receives the message that it needs to produce more insulin. And in response, the pancreas, which makes our insulin will make more, but over time, the pancreas is unable to keep up with the demand and blood sugar is no longer able to be maintained because of that. And this is known as insulin resistance. And this is then, um, that's to be the biggest one, the biggest contributors to many diseases, including but not limited to type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes, which I had been pre-diabetic, obesity, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease, and many more. They're learning many more um, diseases are caused by insulin resistance. So, so even after these diseases develop, elevated blood sugar can remain an ongoing problem for us, and um, and that's also the reason why uh, people with these illnesses that I just spoke of experience other complications, it's like blindness um, and diabetes uh, patients, for example. So um, we have to make sure we help our body keep a uh, proper amount of insulin, and also not have insulin resistance, so that our cells can function um, the right way. And sugar really hinders that, that hormone. It really hinders that body's natural response to, to creating energy. Um, so, um, next we, I want to talk about is basically our, our challenge Mm. in the U S and now globally is, is we have an obesity challenge, an epidemic happening. And, um, about one in three children and two out of three adults are either overweight or obese in the United States. And if you were to go 20 to 30 to 40 years prior to today, you wouldn't be seeing that. Um, and a lot again, is it's that sugar issue. Sugar's role in gaining weight is much more serious than just adding empty calories into your diet. So it affects the hormones, like I said um, affects the hormones responsible for knowing when we're full. Um, it, um, it hampers that. So we end up wanting to eat more and eat more. Um, and then we consume more calories and our body's actually nutrient deficient. It can't function that with that. So, um, so knowing this alone strengthens the case that there's a 60% increased risk of obesity in children for every daily serving of sugar sweetened beverages in their diets. Um, it's important to note that weight gain from sugar is often present in the abdominal area. So if you have a um, a lot of weight around your stomach or a lot of fat, you know, inside the, your abdominal cavity, that's called visceral fat, you're at a very high risk Children are very high risk, again, for other other diseases um, and life-threatening diseases. So um, sugar is a leading factor in the rise of obesity, among many other serious complications. I'm sorry to tell you that it's the truth. <laughs> uh, next, we'll look at our liver. Um, fructose is one of the main components in sugar. Um, it, Um, let's see, and sugar is metabolized by our liver, but only in specific amounts at a time. It can't do it all at once and um, it has to do it in various periods of time. And it wouldn't be an issue if we didn't consume sugar like we do today. But um, what can happen just like uh, fatty liver disease caused by alcohol even if you don't drink, but you're eating a lot of sugar, you can get fatty liver disease because the liver can't process all of this sugar and it'll store it as fat for later. And then that's when you get fat all around your liver. Okay. Luckily our liver can heal itself. Um, so you can, um, you know, by changing your diet, help your liver, but, you know, with the continuous consumption of the sugar, your liver's going to be trying hard all the time to manage it. Um, heart health, they're also finding now too, there was a big misconception that fat, um, consuming fat caused um, the rise in cholesterol. They're now finding that actually sugar consumption is the leading contributor to heart disease. So I remember back in the, oh gosh, um, was it the late 80s, 90s when all the fat-free stuff was coming out, but you know what was happening? They then took all the fat out of the, of the processed foods. Oh, it was great. It was sugar-free. I mean, fat-free, but they loaded it with sugar. Um, I remember being back then, um, I think the, the diet plan back then too was a lot of bread, a lot of um, pasta. Um, refined carbohydrates were at the bottom of that pyramid, that food pyramid. Uh, it's when, that's when I started putting on weight, you know, it's 17, 18. And that was the beginning of my yo-yo dieting. I couldn't understand why I was gaining weight when I was eating what I thought I was supposed to be eating. So um, anyway, um, went off on my little soapbox there, but but sugar is a contributor to heart disease. We don't want that to happen. Um, There's um, other websites. I'll go ahead. And once this video is over, I'll put them in the link below in the the, um, chat. So you can go to some of the uh, studies linking all of these um, chronic illnesses to sugar. Uh, Here's another really important one. Sugar versus immunity. Our immune system is responsible for defending us against illness, but... What they found uh, at Loma Linda University, about 100 grams of sugar can make your white blood cells 40% less effective in killing germs. So on top of already putting our body in a stressed and irritated state, because we're eating all this sugar, messing with all of our hormones and things like that, it's also messing with our ability to fight germs, you know, fight viruses, those things. Um, The other thing I didn't realize, which was really interesting to me, was um, that when we eat sugar, the crippling effects of it will stay present in our system for up to five hours after we eat it. So imagine this, we're starting breakfast, we have a cereal, that's supposed to be healthy technically, but it's got a lot of sugar in it. We might have our, or we might start with a donut, or we might have to have a mid-morning snack donut. Or maybe we grab a yogurt. We think that yogurt's great, but it's got a bunch of added sugar. At lunch, we go get a teriyaki of some kind, followed up with, you know, uh, oh my gosh, a latte with all sorts of sugar flavorings. We go home, we have dinner, and then we have a dessert after that, and then a midnight snack. We never give our bodies a break from that sugar. And that was me. That was totally me. I ended up being overweight. Totally anxiety written, totally distressed, and pre-diabetic, and I didn't want to exercise. I was not, you know, in in great shape, and I had a horrible sugar addiction. So, um, you know, again, when we think about it, not just as a deprivation of giving up this sugar, but what are we giving our body instead? We're giving an opportunity to keep our immunity levels high. Um, this is another thing, none of that hits home yet, um, is is cancer. Um, it's hard to believe that something that is so prevalent in our everyday diets can cause cancer. Um, I hate to be the bearer of the bad news, but it is true. So um, there's a lot of correlation of sugar associated with cancer. Um, and basically cancer is an uncontrolled growth um, and a multiplication of cells. Um, it's also one of the leading causes of death worldwide. And how is it related? Well, insulin. Insulin is one of the main hormones I talked about responsible for regulating the growth of those cells. So basically, you know, it's been concluded that having constantly elevated insulin levels can indeed contribute to the growth of cancer cells. So there are all sorts of other, there's other reasons too, but sugar has been linked to um, the growth of these cells. So um, consuming sugar raises our insulin levels. And there is again, a lot of evidence now um, on how it contributes to the, you know, cancer's risk and its progression. There's another reading I'll go ahead and put up on there. It's journals at sagepub.com with um, some of that valuable information that you can go ahead and follow up with. Oh, poor sugar. I am just going after it tonight. Um, Brain power now. Sugar also affects our brain quite significantly. Um, You know, studies have shown that sugar slows down our brain's function It hinders new learning and decreases memory recall. So just imagine when you're on a sugar high and then you start to crash. You can't think, you know, you can barely stay awake. Um, Anyway, um, there's also connections between high sugar intake and the prevalence of depression and anxiety. So what we consume is like data. You know, what we consume, we choose to eat And swallow put into our bodies becomes data and information to ourselves and it will tell them what to do or it'll cause a reaction i know for me when i am eating way too much sugar or maybe i've had some too much to drink i get horrible anxiety horrible i start feeling depressed it is a chemical reaction that happens when we eat sugar um it you know, food rich in sugar disrupt our brain's neurotransmitters and those, you know, the, the ones that work to stabilize our mood. So when we continually disrupt them by eating all the sugar, the receptors, you know, no longer have the inherent control over our moods as we usually do. We, we just can't control them. So um, Dr. Karazian, Karazian, I mispronounced that. My apology. He's a functional medicine expert and author um, um, noted this and um, found that this is a huge contribution to chronic depression. So I will go ahead and put a link up as well to a YouTube video that you can watch linking um, sugar to depression. And here comes the part, which was me are you addicted? I was so addicted to sugar. Um, and here's the, a really good definition of being addicted. American Society of Addiction Medicine. Addiction is a primary chronic disease of brain reward, motivation, memory, and related circuitry. Dysfunction in these circuits leads to characteristic biological physiological, social, and spiritual manifestations. This is, is reflected in, in an individual's pathologically pursuing reward and/or relief by substance used and other behaviors. Addiction is characterized by an inability to consistently abstain impairment in behavioral control, craving diminished recognition of significant problems with one's behaviors and interpersonal relationships and a dysfunctional emotional response like other chronic diseases addiction often involves cycles of relapse and remission without treatment and engagement in recovery activities addiction is progressive and can result in disability or premature death I know that's a huge definition, (laughs) that's huge, but it's important to really know what we're up against and talking about when we say sugar's addicting. It's very addicting. And the thing is, again, it's hidden in things that we didn't even expect it to be hidden in, and we're consuming more of it than we think we are. So um, dopamine, this is uh, uh, important to talk about. Dopamine is one of those neurotransmitters responsible for controlling the reward and pleasure response of our brain. And uh, when you eat a lot of sugar, a massive amount of dopamine is released, you know, in your brain. But as you continue to consume sugar, the dopamine receptors become less powerful, making the response less effective, thus making you need more, wanting more and more sugar to get that same addicted you know high from it um, so more sugars needed to create that same euphoric dopamine reaction and it's a vicious cycle um, you know it's it's a lot like what happens um, with those that are addicted to drugs or those that are alcoholic um, yeah they they did a um, a study um, with some rats actually it was kind of interesting and they they showed that Rats exposed to, say, an Oreo cookie had even a stronger reaction to that to that cookie than they did to cocaine. So um, we, as humans, um, you know, we react to to sugar the same way as a drug as drug addicted uh, of drug, drug addicts do to drugs. So knowing again what's going on, it really helped me to realize what was happening to me. In my mind um, that I was getting taken over by this substance and I really had to just, you know, never be patient with myself, but really, really work to get it out of my life as much as I could, Um, you know, basically sugar can take over our brain chemistry and deliberately make us crave and eat more of it. And we know food manufacturers do that they will make something so incredible. You know, their goal is to have us eat more of their products. So once you realize that too, where you are in that food industry cycle, which I write about, again, the controversies of food in the book is, you know, how we fit into this, and then how we can choose to finally fit into it versus not understanding what's happening to us. Um, let's see here. Okay, so we know sugar's around, but not all sugar's created equal. So next I'm gonna go through um, you know, the idea that um, we know that it's obviously a negative contributor to our health and our lives, Um, not all sugars equal, um, some are worse for us than others. And of course, vice versa, but I'll be going over, you know, through some sugars that should definitely be avoided as much as you possibly can, and then have some options for you. If you need to sweeten something up a little bit, um, so sugar alternatives, um, there are sugar alternatives out there that we really want to avoid using aspartame is one If you see that on a list drop it um they they found that in the university of liverpool they did a study and they found that um it's toxic to our brain cells Um, they also found that when aspartame breaks down it creates formaldehyde as well as you know which is a well-known carcinogen and do we want that in our body Uh, sucralose is commonly known um, as splenda And it's used, you know, through a process of, it is, I'm sorry, it is processed using chlorine. Um, So they're finding, this is interesting too, they're finding that the waste of those consuming this sugar, sucralose, uh, it can't be broken down in wastewater treatment centers. Imagine what that means to the inside of our bodies. Um, Another one, high fructose corn syrup this one may be a bit more challenging to avoid it's in almost everything <laughs> almost everything you see that high fructose corn syrup just don't buy that item it's a huge role in it has a huge role in the fat buildup on the liver like i spoke of earlier um leptin resistance leptin is what lets us know we're full and major weight gain So a study found that high fructose corn syrup is sometimes laced with mercury, um, which is a heavy metal. And so basically anything that we've manufactured, I guess, like that, I would stay away from those specific ones. But there are some safe alternatives, safer alternatives if you're going to have something like this. So um, stevia. It's actually made from a plant. Um, so it's recommended if you, if you really need something sweet, stevia is a good option. Um, you know, it's shown to help balance fasting blood sugar levels, cholesterol, insulin resistance, and blood pressure. However, it's important to pay attention to the source of the stevia. Make sure you're getting a really uh, good quality stevia uh, without additives. So check that label. It should just be a simple stevia without any fillers. Uh, coconut sugar. I like using coconut sugar, um, unrefined and it contains all of its vitamins and minerals. So it's not just a sweetener. Um, and it does not contribute to the strong fluctuation in blood sugar, like other refined, um, added sugars can and raw honey. I love raw honey. Um, it has less fructose and provides other benefits. All right. So, including promoting heart health and fighting inflammation. But again, you know, be resourceful to do your best to retrain your palate to not really need them that much. Okay. So, I did that in a progression. Um, I'll just use my coffee as an example. I drank coffee every day and I had to have my half and half in it and I had to have sugar. And I couldn't imagine drinking it any other way there's no way it was going to happen and so when i was told i was was pre-diabetic and i had to do something about the way i was eating and consuming i i took care of sugar and a lot of other areas but i still was eating it you know putting in my coffee so i went ahead and i started to modify i started putting a little bit of honey in instead and then what was interesting i got to where um Um, I hadn't been drinking any milk and only half and half was left in my coffee. And all of a sudden I didn't even like the flavor anymore. My taste buds had started to change. So I got rid of the half and half and I still had a little bit of honey. And then again, as my taste buds started to change, I was more, my receptors were more aware. I, I, um, I get, I get that result from less sugar, less sweetness now than I used to. To now i don't put anything in my coffee and tracy from 15 years ago would have said no way in heck would that have been her you know no way but it's that progression of changing your palate how how giving your taste buds an opportunity to start tasting and and enjoying um i've talked about this before chewing your food um and um really enjoying your food and allowing those receptors of your brain to get excited over less sweetness. So, um, anyway, um, yeah, so, so really I'm down to where I hardly ever use sweeteners in anything anymore. And again, Tracy from the past would never have thought I could have done that. So anyway, um, taking action eliminating sugar is going to be very challenging to eliminate from your diet completely. And in some cases, nearly impossible to cut it out entirely. Um, but you can take control of that because it is hiding in so many things. Um, and then of course, finding healthier options. If you want a candy bar, you know, try having a banana first, um, and savor the banana, get that nutrients, The sweetness, all of that from the actual fruit. And then you may find eventually you don't crave candy bars anymore. So it's again that being willing to take that journey. Um, Lastly, oh my gosh, it's a ton of information tonight. I know I tend to do that. I give you a lot of information. I do my best to make these as informative as possible, but um, it's okay. Um, You know, changing eating habits and taking control of your health can be very, uh, full of effort can take a lot of effort, but it's so rewarding. I promise you it's so rewarding not to be, um, victim to sugar anymore and not letting it control you anymore. It is worth it. So, um, you'll have a higher quality of life um maintain a healthier, more supportive body weight. You'll have a more natural energy than having to add the sugar. And then you can also prevent you know a serious illness like I escaped, you know, becoming a type two diabetic. I got I escaped that and I'm so grateful. Um anyway there's a ton of value in kicking sugar and getting it out of your life um, and, and becoming that healthier version of you. It's very rewarding. And in closing, You know, if you're finding you're having a hard time kicking that habit and you want some support, hey, head over to my website, tracycromwell.com. There's a link there where you can go ahead and schedule with me at a time slot that works for you, and you'll see it on the calendar. You know, I'd be happy to talk with you briefly, um, you know, with no obligation, but yeah, you know, getting that first step to phase sugar out of your life. um, I'm here to help. So you can also. Um, you know, follow me on Facebook. Um, I will be doing another uh, sugar debunk type, you know, seven day um, challenge coming up here, probably, probably next month for one week, just to kind of get everything going. So keep an eye out for that. But I'm here to help. So private message me, go ahead and visit my website. You can do this. And, um, you know, your heart's gonna appreciate it your pancreas is going to appreciate it, your brain, did I already say your heart, your liver, um, everything, you know, if you can go ahead and get rid of sugar addiction, um, help your family do the same thing, you know, um, the journey may be challenging, but it's so worth it on the other side. All right, everybody. Also, you can check out the book. Uh, where. are Most all books are sold. You can get it from, order from independent bookstores. Um, You can go order on Amazon or your favorite place of where you'd like to buy books. Go ahead and get that book and it can also help you kick that sugar habit. Okay, have a wonderful week, everybody. I'll see you next Tuesday. That's it for Tough Love Tuesday. Talk to you soon. Hello, I hope you enjoyed this recent podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Be sure to seek professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional, as this podcast is not a substitute for their professional care. Be sure to seek out a qualified medical practitioner that is right for you. And be sure to create a supportive team of licensed and certified care practitioners, health coaches, and trainers that can help you make the lifestyle changes you desire.